0: Hey guys, welcome back to the MindTub Podcast. It's been quite some time. We're on our our break because we're transitioning from work to studies. Hey, studies to work. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't done this in quite some time. All right, so today we have a special guest with us, Dr. Reza. So he's the author of this book, In Control. You can see over here. Yeah, so today he came onto our podcast and we want to let him introduce a bit about himself, his background, what he does because, I mean, stories are best told from the person themselves. Right. So, yeah,
1: thank you. Thank you Elton, for having me. It's a it's an honor to be here. Uh, So I'm I'm originally from Iran, but I've been in Malaysia for the last like 15 years. And uh, my my whole life I have been involved in consulting. And uh, so I started as a as a as a young engineer. And then early in life or when I was in my early 20s, I got involved into uh, people and change. And uh, it has been a journey of like learning how to move from being, a, being an engineer to being someone who is in love with working with people. And uh, the journey has been always about like leadership development, helping people to, to, to be in control of their life and career. Right. So, um, yeah. So now married. My wife is Malaysian, Two sons.
0: So you're localized now.
1: Almost localized. Right. So you can see like, you know, the, even... Even the English already like kind of like Malaysianized you know,
0: English. Like about the traffic, <laughs> <point>. <laughs> well, well like, I think that's the Asian things, you know. Asian thing to do. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, how, how do you go from engineering to this uh, consultancy? Isn't it a big jump? Or what um, made you
1: think of, hey, I want to make that change. Yeah, I think I think the I I never had that realization first, but the realization came because of the surrounding that I have. Right. And uh, I was very lucky in my early 20s. I had uh, a few mentors who I I love the way they do things. And they, although, like engineers, they often need to deal with like machine and systems and so on. But then the toughest part, it always comes when you need to deal with a human being. Yeah. yeah? And uh, that, that is like something that you can actually be the best engineer in, on earth. But then at the end of the day, if you don't know how to deal with people, you mean nothing, right? So, you know, my, my first mentor pushed me actually to go and do sales. And I was like, what? Sales, I'm, I'm an engineer, why do I need to do that? And then he said that no, sales will teach you everything in life, right? It teach you how to present, how to influence people, how to listen better, how to ask great questions. And then once I got involved in, in sales as an, as an engineer, but I also was doing sales. So this is where a lot of things start to change. Then I, I, I realized like, wow, that is something that I'm more passionate about it.
0: Like- Sales, talking about sales, my first job was as a sales and it taught me a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, especially when you get low pay and it's all commission based. Oh, yeah. So you yeah. actually push yourself to do more. Yes. But yeah, I mean, coming back to this, uh, you're the founder of the In Control group, correct? And you've written this book, In Control Taking Complete Control of Your Life and Career. I think most of us, <laughs> we don't even have control of one, <laughs> one part of either life or career. Uh, how long did it take for you to write this book and how, how much research has gone
1: into Yeah, artistry? see, see, the books generally, uh, if you speak with any authors and they will tell you like, you know, it just took me like one year or two years to write this book, I think that is kind of like an exaggeration because uh, the, writing a book, the fact that you got the courage even to write a book is a process that it might take you like about maybe 10 to 20 years, you know, so that's why I always tell people and why I encourage always young people to read because you can actually buy somebody's book and you can download like 20 years of their experience yeah. because it's, it's kind of weird to say like, you know, it just took me like two years to write the book. Yes, it took two years to write this book, but it takes 20 years to get prepared okay. to write the book. The
0: experience and everything that goes into it. All the
1: reflection that needs to happen, you know, experience itself, Elton, is not gonna make you wise. You know, most people, they're thinking like, you know, oh, you just need to gain a lot of experience and you, you can become wise. If that's the case, when you get older, you're supposed to get wiser. But frankly speaking, I have seen a lot of old people that they're not getting wiser, they're just getting older. So what makes you wiser is the evaluated experience, meaning that you go through a problem, you go through a, a challenge or you go through a success and then you reflect back like, how did that happen? And that is very important that makes you smarter but not just going through the experience itself
0: you need to reflect and also know hey this is what went wrong a that? massive reflection but most of us right we wouldn't know what to reflect on mm. i mean how, how would you say look at the problem how do you know where to look at
1: yes so let, let, let me let me give you an example like we we just started the conversation by talking about sales right yeah. so it's like you see i have i have been involved in sales my entire adult life and uh, I have closed a lot of like big sales. So whenever I look back and I do just a reflection on any big success or any big failure, both of them, sometimes people think like, oh, you just need to reflect on your failures. That's not really true. You've got to also reflect on your success too because success is something that it doesn't happen by accident. It's, there is a, there is a- You did something. Yeah, there is something, something, exactly right. And if you don't find what, what did you do? What, what, What did you do exactly that that happened? So sometimes we even ask like, uh, people to record their conversation uh, or sometimes you gotta sit with someone who is wiser than you and then that person can ask you a couple of questions. Like that's why coaching is so important. So you get that reflection right. So you just ask, like, what happened? What exactly happened? Like, what did you say? What does the customer said? Or what did you say? What your boss said? You know, what does the uh, the, the other person you say? You really have
0: to listen to...
1: Listening is, like, a major part of it. It's, it's an intentional effort to realize, like, what went right, what went wrong.
0: Right. But I, I come to listening, uh, a lot of us, especially young people, they say, yeah, we think we know everything. We're not listening, right? But sometimes... Then they say, hey, you are the one that bringing in change. Mm. So are we supposed to be listening to them? Or sometimes they don't exactly listen to us either when, when we say, hey, we can do something differently. Yeah. So how, how does that play out?
1: Okay, so l- listening, basically, I think there are two points in the questions that you ask. One is about the importance of listening, which is really, really, really critical. You know, when I'm, when I'm talking to the young people, I mean, not, not necessarily young things. This is, this is not a young thing. This, thing. Is, this thing. is basically the people things. Listening, I think, sit at the core of most people's success and failure. Listening, your ability to listen will help you to become like a very likable person most people are thinking that they're an excellent listener I thought I'm an excellent listener but I ha- I was having like this um, exercise of like a feedback is a Joe Harry Vindo feedback mm-hmm. where where the someone will tell you what they see about you and what you don't see about yourself and I was having this conversation with my mentor and then I asked him like so what what are the areas that I can improve myself and then he said um, I think you can improve on your listening skill. I straight away goes like listening. I, I thought, do you know what? Do you know what I'm doing for, like, for living? I'm a consultant. I know how to listen. And then he said, that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> it means that <laughs> if you become defensive when somebody say like you gotta improve your listening skill, it means like you are very bad at listening. So that and and sometimes we are a very good listener with our uh, like client or with a total stranger but you are a bad listener with your partner, right. with, your, with your, for example, like your parents, your best friends, you know? So sometimes you are really good at your job in listening, but you're not very good in your life. So that is also something to understand. But the second part of your questions that just now you asked, like, you wanna bring a change, but then sometimes people don't listen to you. So the reason they don't listen to you, this is what I found. People will often object to you because of two main reasons: Either they're concerned or they are confused. So concern, it means like, for example, the concern about the budget, the concern about like uh, the price, the, the manpower, time. But sometimes they're also confused. It means that they don't understand what you're trying to do. So sometimes you say like you're not listening, but actually you're not explaining it properly too. Right. So that's why the other party, it, they just don't get why you want to do it. So if somebody is concerned, you have to address the concern if you want them to listen it's to you. You're
0: coming back to sales again.
1: Exactly. So yeah. See, it's, it's, it, that's why sales is a life a skill. And if they're confused, you have to educate them with a simple language against the sales process.
0: Oh, I mean, speaking about sales, I, I don't want to get into the book, but since we're on the topic of sales, a lot of young people say, hey, I don't want to do sales. Oh,
1: yeah. You know why? You know why? Because most people, they think salespeople are con people. <laughs> They think like sales, it's, it's, it's like you have to lie. You know, you know there is this cliche, benefit. yeah, there is this cliche uh, example of, uh, they call it as uh, the best salesperson on earth is the one who can sell ice to Eskimo. Have you heard that before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, actually that is exactly a con artist. That's not a salesperson. Sales is all about trust. Sales is all about helping people solve their problem.
0: Especially the relationships.
1: Relationships, it's about trust. You know, it's about how do you build that? Like in sales, one of the biggest principle, which we talk about it even in the book as well, is that um, the, the, these, these things we call it as a, the, the triangle of business, the triangle of, golden triangle of sales. We call it as people will only do business with someone whom they know, whom they like, and whom they trust. So if I don't trust you, you can have the best product on earth. I'm not going to give it to you. Right,
0: right. Okay, speaking about a book, we're going to go into it. Uh, triangles, one thing inside. But your book is, the main thing is the cornerstone. It's one core, three cornerstones, 12 pillars and 90 hacks. I mean, you always see TikTok 10 hacks or five hacks. This guy has 90. <laughs> so how, how do you come up with this framework and what are the, the things, especially the three cornerstones?
1: Sure, yeah. I, th- I think the, the first part of it, there's one core there in the whole in control model, which the core, it's all about consciousness. Right. So consciousness, it's about your ability to become aware of what's going on around you, right? And uh, the whole concept of in control came to me because of how we define it as uh, you are living an in control life or career. When you love what you do, you do what you love, right? So that is the first thing that most people know. But actually, that's not the whole thing. There is also another, yeah, it's exactly behind (laughs) us, right? Yeah, I I think they they need to correct this, you know, because it's not only one of, this is only the first one yeah do what you love and love what you do but that's not enough and that's what most people make a mistake the second one is that love who you do it with Mm -hmm. it means your colleagues your partners your team your your husband your wife your boyfriend your girlfriend your parents anyone that you are doing this life with the second the third one is love who you do it for it means your listeners, your uh, your customers, your country that you are serving basically, uh, uh, who else, like whoever that you are doing your work and life for, yeah? And then the, the fourth one is love how you do it. It means when you do it, how long you do it, from where you do it, so all those things. So most people, they only think like, oh, I just need to love what I do and do what I love, but that's not enough because we we often hear that i mean i personally have gone through this as well i love what i was doing i love who i was doing it with but i didn't love who i was doing it for
0: your purpose is not there at all.
1: exactly so it means like you're not actually in control there's something is missing so this coming to this realization it only happen when you understand the core of in control model it means like you become conscious that hey there is a life out there that I can be in control of it, yeah? So that is the first realizations that everybody needs to have because most people, they don't even think about that, yeah? And so now it comes to that three cornerstone. So this three cornerstone, it it holds the system together, which the first one, we call it as contentment. It means that you are happy about what you're doing and that's a very big question. So ask yourself, Elton, are you happy with what you're doing? I mean, really, are you really happy? And w- there are a lot of people who make a lot of money, but they're not happy. Right. And that sucks, right? I mean, what, what, what is the life that you, you're not happy with what you're doing, right? And the second cornerstone is about conversion. It means that are you growing? Are you getting better? You know, because if you're not getting better, it means life is very static. You're living in a status quo. You're not getting better. And that's very, very important. And the third one, it's all about consistency. It's all about discipline. It's all about like really going after what you want. And when we talk about discipline, this is something also very important for people to know, the difference between discipline and self-discipline. Discipline is like you make up your bed every day. You plan your day every day. You reflect every day. Mm-hmm. But self-discipline, it means that you don't give up for something that you really, really want in your life for a temporary happiness. Like for example, your goal is to lose 10 kg, right. all right? And then you go to a, to a party and then somebody say, hey, come on, eat this. And then you say like, um, okay, hello, okay, hello. I just eat it, right? So just now you know what happened? You broke your self-discipline. Because you gave up on your main goal because of like a temporary, uh, what we call that happiness. Right.
0: So the ideal one would be, hey, I'm happy, I'm growing and I'm consistently happy and growing.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So you are you are living a life where uh, you are consistent in what you want to do, because at the end of the day, good or bad, if you're not consistent, you're not gonna be successful. This is what Jim Ron used to say. They said the system to success, the system to success, not the secret, huh? the system to success is just a few discipline. practice them every day. That's all. A few discipline. All we need is just a few. We don't need a lot of discipline. So, what is the disciplines that moving you towards the success? It's
0: hey, not just discipline, it's self discipline.
1: It's, yeah, I think it's both of them. Both, both is them. very important. We, we shouldn't, we shouldn't like, uh, can get confused between like you know right. discipline and the self-discipline these these two are like something totally different right,
0: right. i think right self-discipline is more of sticking to your principles and sticking to integrity. your principles exactly consistently doing what you do every exactly day. exactly right, right. okay um 12 pillars mm, yeah what are the 12 pillars?
1: so the 12 pillars are the areas in our life and career that we all need to improve okay so So some of them are very personal, like your character is very personal. And uh, there are some of them which is very much related to your work, like your communication skill. And uh, there are 12 of them in overall that we put in the book. And uh, so it starts from your character, then it goes to your like, uh, communication, your courage, your compass, your collaboration, your contribution. Uh, so all of them start with the letter C. Oh. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it, I mean, it took a very long time to put all these C's together. <laughs> oh, the <wet> <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it's just like easier for the people to okay. understand it and uh, memorize them. But here's the thing. We don't have to fix all these 12 at the same time. Yeah. So even in the book, uh, we, we have like an assessment. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a link that people can go and do their assessment. So the, once you go through that assessment, you need to understand which part of your life or career you want to fix first. Right. Okay. Which one is the most important one? So I often ask people, if everything remain as it is, which one would you fix first? So sometimes it could be because of your cash. You want to check your finances. Yes. Sometimes it could be your condition, which is your health. Sometimes it could be like your, uh, I don't know, uh, career, your, your career, uh, your, yeah, it, it, could be, it could be anything. Like, so because different people are different and uh, we all in a different stages of life as well. Like, if you ask me that question of like, which one you want to fix, maybe like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. my answer would be very different compared to the one that I give an answer today. Right,
0: right, wow, okay, 12 pillars. I mean, you talk about, I, I think I saw in your post, uh, I wanted to ask this speaking about pillars, work-life harmony, mm. instead of work-life balance. Because speaking about pillars, I think one of the pillars probably will be work, yeah, and yeah. Will be your life and yeah. your know, relationships. But you don't talk about balance, you talk about harmony. Yeah. How, how does that work in terms of this whole?
1: You see, work-life balance is more of like a nine to five things. Mm. Okay, so let's say, for example, you say like, okay, so nine to five, I want to just do this, my work. And then after five, I'm gonna do my life. You know that that's the idea of like work-life balance but if you live in this world you know that it's not gonna work like that right there is always it's kind of overlapping one another and separation is a bad idea so what do I mean by work-life harmony it means that you realize that when you live an in control life meaning that if you are in love with what you do who you are doing it with who you are doing it for and how you do it you don't really think about like a balance
0: so you just go through it and
1: you it. just love what you're doing. So right. the goal here is to reach to that point. And it's not an end goal. You see, living an in-control life is not a final destination. It's a progressive journey that you are moving towards that direction. And you are fixing the things along the way. Like right now, maybe you are going through a bad like health condition. So for you to get your life back in control, you have to fix your Condition related to your life, right? Which is your health. So you gotta move towards that direction. So harmonizing, basically, it's all about realizing that I wanna fall in love back with my life and career. So you don't wanna feel that desperation. My life sucks. You know, I don't know what am I doing. So that's that's the goal.
0: Speaking about that, uh, we always talk about what in, in terms of finance. Mm. We talk about what we need, mm. needs and wants find out some of our needs. But I think with life, right, you really got to ask what do you want, correct? Instead of what do I really need in my life, what is of me? Yeah. I mean, uh, as <coughs> Asians, uh, we are always directed about families. I mean, from sure. from young, you do this, you get this, you do this, do that, until even a study, can you study this, can you study that? Uh, how would you, let's say, break that that cycle or that mentality?
1: I, I think I want to... I wanna up the whole things by not only talking about like what you want or what you need the problem Elton is not that the problem is not like you don't know what you want you don't know what you need we all know what we want we, we know what we need mm-hmm. but the problem is that most people they're not committed see the problem is that you, instead of asking yourself like I, I want to uh, in, in my finances I need to think about what I need it's about what can you commit to you see I have seen a lot of people they say I want to become a millionaire and then you ask them like so what are you willing to do in order to reach to that point nothing I still want to do my life you know you want to lose like 10 kg yeah so, are you willing to become a different person? Are you really committed to do that? They say, no, I still want to eat, like, all the foods, you know. I still want to, like, you know, <laughs> be happy, go party. I want to do all these things. Hey, it doesn't work like that. I've seen a lot of people say, I really wish to write my book. Are you, are you, are you committed think, to do that? taking steps. Yeah. Like, you see, like, knowing what you want and knowing what you need is seriously, is, it's not enough. Mm-hmm. There's a, a lot of people, they know what they want. They know what they need to do, right? But they just don't do it. As if, like, the, the, the people say, like, you know, there are some people that are just getting ready to get ready. You know? You're always in that, like, suspense. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> it's like you, yeah, don't, had... you don't take action. You don't do anything about like, it.
0: You, you write that hey, I want to do this today. I'm going to do this today, but you never actually, like...
1: You, you don't do anything about <laughs> it. Anything it's about just it. like, you know, it's just like, I, I want to do it. Or I need to do it. Are you committed to do it or not? That's I, the I whole question.
0: Sometimes we're just taking steps horizontally we're just doing things because we have to it's oh even, yeah
1: oh yeah you not even taking it to the next that is actually what we call them in the book as a mediocre person average person people always tell like you mm. know um i i you know everybody is the same but actually you're not supposed to be everybody you're supposed yeah. to be a cut above right because average people they just do things because i have to do so even even when i do uh talks and training sometimes for like uh, young people, or even corporations, and I talk about like goal setting. I always ask them these questions. I always tell them like, you know, do what you have to do, not because I ask you to do it. Do it because you want to do it and you are committed to do it. So it's it's very this this is what we we call it in the book as well. We say like you know, living an in control life is not something that it happened by accident. It's an intentional process. It means like you got to have a goal. Mm-hmm. You gotta have a plan, but most importantly, you gotta have a commitment. So if you don't have commitment, nothing will happen. The
0: plan is just on paper. Yeah, right? it's just on the
1: paper. Like you never execute it. You never get it done.
0: All right. Actually, speaking about this, yesterday I was speaking to a not exactly that client. Mm. Uh, he was saying he was in a corporate for quite some years, and then the thing about being in corporate is you're actually in your comfort zone. Regardless, say hey, I get promotion and this and that. But no matter how you are under someone, you are in a comfort zone, you're Mm. not exactly taking that risk. Uh, Would you say that to young people, should you actually go into corporate, take that risk? Or are you actually still being in your comfort zone if you are uh, trying to climb the corporate ladder?
1: Sure. Um, See, the way I see like being in control we, we don't want to tell people that everybody needs to become an entrepreneur, everybody needs to become a freelancer, everybody needs to become a business owner. Some people for them, living an in-control life is like going to a corporate, work there, reach to the higher level or maybe like, you know, to sometimes you don't get to the like C-suite or whatever, you just get to the managerial level or not even getting to the managerial level. It's about what do you define? as a living and in control life. Like
0: what do you want in your life? Yeah, what do, what, what, what
1: do you want? Like, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, you gotta become a manager. No, I, I, I after like teaching leadership like for the last 12 years, right? I'm, I came to this conclusion that not everybody's supposed to become a manager. Not everybody's supposed to become a leader, you know? So it's not, it's not something like, it's, it's not a point that, oh, I tick, I already a manager. Like, no, you become a manager, you screw other people's life, right? What's the point? Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. So you gotta, you gotta define like, what is good for you? What do you want? Not what- It's like your the,
0: contentment line, right?
1: Instead. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, yeah, it could be that. It could be, actually all of them. It's like the point like contentment, your conversion, you know, wh- wh- what is the ultimate goal for you? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I met a lot of people, Elton, that they said, I don't wanna be a manager. Mm-hmm. And then my boss is keep pushing me. No, you have to become a manager. And then the person actually become a manager. And they hate their life. He is ha- unhappy. He hate his life. He is start to have argument with his wife like every single day. And then he screw other people's life too because you know he's a bad manager, right? And at the end of the day, he, he his life sucks. Mm-hmm. So. Growth for different people has a different meaning so we don't want to say like, you know Oh, you have to be in a corporate or you become a corporate slave and so on No, I have met a lot of people that they love to be in corporate. They don't want to be an entrepreneur
0: like Because all the time when I was growing up my, my parents are freelancers. Uh, They're music teachers. All right, all uh, right and, But my grandparents were like hey, you, you're going to corporate. It's a good thing get a cushy job. Yep. Uh, climb the corporate ladder So I mean I always had the choice to go mm. ways. but a, a lot of people especially uh, Actually, even for me, if I didn't follow my parents so much, I would have gone to a corporate job sure. at this kind of corporate ladder. But how do you know what is for you?
1: Okay, very good question. <laughs> so this is this is something that I think of uh, everyone is you know one of one of the books that I it, it truly changed my life, and I spoke about it even in the book as well. Was um, Reach That Poor Dad from Robert Kiyosaki? Yeah. So one of the best written books on earth, and the whole concept of the book, if I want to summarize it in one or two sentences, is that. Rich people, the people who are coming from a very rich background, yeah? So their children, they can be stupid their whole life. They do like all the stupid things. And then at the end of the day, they can become very rich. And poor people, you can strive like your whole life. You put all your effort, but then at the end of the day, you can end up becoming a very poor person. Mm -hmm. Why? Because the rich rich kid Growing up, they have seen how their parents make decisions, how they take risk, right? And then they downloaded unconsciously the stuff that their parents do. So although they've been stupid like the first 20 years of their life, right? But then at the end of the day, they will go back and become like really good at so what they're unconscious doing unconsciously, downloaded the things, right? Same goes to the poor family as well. Growing up, they keep telling them like, you know, like what you said, get a fixed job, do this, follow this one don't take this kind of risk life is very hard you cannot do this you cannot do that and then even the kids are trying so hard at the end of the day because they downloaded those unconscious things they always have that fear and they might end up becoming a poor person yeah and that is that is very interesting that it happened to like 99.9 percent of the people so that's why The fact that now we are talking about it, I hope your audience are like having that realizations that, oh, oh, all right, all right, now I know why I'm keep going back to that bad spending habit, like bad decision making, because you have downloaded this. And if you're not conscious about it, you always end up screwing yourself because you always wanna be like a rich person, but actually you're not, you're bad in your finances. You gotta go and learn how to do it, how a rich person thinks. Yeah, so back to your, the questions that just now you made is that like my parents were like that freelancer, my grandparents was the other side. So that's why I, I, I saw both of them. But how many people have that opportunity? Most people, the grandparents was like that, the parents was like that, and then they now they wanna make that decision. So it means that you know there, you, you have this confusion always there. So what you have to do, that's why living a control life, it's something that it needs to happen in, a, in an intentional way. And one of the things that I emphasize a lot in the book, I am who I am because of mentors. Mentors are so important because your parents didn't give it to you. Your parents was not, for example, a super rich person or a super educated person or a super like, a, a entrepreneur, super business owner. Right, so right. you gotta go and find someone who is already achieved what you're trying to achieve so you can learn it from them.
0: And it comes to the question, how?
1: <laughs> how? Because Very good.
0: I think most of us, we are like, hey, how do I reach out to these people? I mean, it's completely, totally different. So yeah,
1: yeah. So first of all, before you start to reach out to anyone, is to make a decision that what exactly do you want to become in the future, right? It's like that, that decisions of like, I want to become, for example, like, what what is, what is success look like to you? Like, what is the definition of somebody that you want Elton, for example, to be at the age of 40. Like, who do you want to be? What's that What's that ideal person look like? Yeah? So you, you, you got to get honest with yourself. Put aside your phone, mm-hmm. take a piece of paper, and write down, describe that person. This is what I did. That's how actually I made a decision. I wrote down there, like... I want, I want Reza to be this person, this is the car I want to drive, this is the house I want to have, this is the type of like, you know, um, I, I want to travel the whole world, right? And then when I, when I look at my, my, my parents, my upbringing, I, I saw like, oh, they didn't have that, so they can't be the best person to teach me all those things. They have their own principles. They have their own way of doing things, right? So I needed to become a different person. So you gotta have that realization first. Now, the second step is that you got to realize what is your strength. That is very important. Pay pay a lot of attention to this one. Sometimes people say, you gotta find mentors on your weaknesses. But actually that's not really true. You gotta find mentors on your strength. To build them up. To become good to great. Because mentors are often the people who has like, they have certain strength, right? And then they become, like, really the greatest in that area. So now what you're doing, you, you say, like, for example, you, you see yourself, you're good at, like, speaking, okay? So now you say, okay, so I'm very good at speaking, but I'm not the best. So I want to become the best. So do you go and see what is the end goal of being a speaker? Like what is the end, uh, like the the like the, the highest level there? Like people like for example, I don't know Mel Robbins, people like you know Tony uh, uh, Tony Robbins, people like you know uh, I don't know Stephen Covey, because, because yeah, who is the best speaker? And then you go and study their life, like what they did, because sometimes mentors, you don't have to meet them in person.
0: Their life is their story. Exactly.
1: Like, you know, you can actually just go and buy. Like, I was very impressed with Tony Robbins, and I read all his books. I was very impressed with, like, you know, uh, Robert Kiyosaki. I go and read all his books. So, in a
0: sense, you learn 50 years of their knowledge in this book within... Two days.
1: exactly exactly right so mean that you know once you read the book you realize like oh my god this guy actually did this did this did that this is this is what uh if you read the book uh, selfish gene from um uh, uh what's his name um richard dawkins you know richard dawkins actually that he wrote you know. the book <laughs> of like selfish gene he wrote there a very interesting sentence he said like this he said adult mm-hmm who only learn from their own trial and error will always lose to adult who learn from other people's trial and error. So if you want to take every trial and error, Elton, it might take you 20 years, but you can actually download someone else's trial and error and achieve it in two years. Like what Tony Robbins did to get to that point. What, for example, like Robert Kiyosaki did that he got to that point. So you are basically, you know what you're doing, you're just like taking theirs, And then you try to make it faster because remember this, exactly. You see, this is the very interesting things that I found about mentors. Mentors are not good at telling you what to do. They're very good at telling you what not Not to do. And life is short, not every risk worth taking. You don't have to take all the risk. You know, sometimes people say, I want to do it myself. I want to do all the trial and error. But life is so short. By the time you try to do all this trial and error, it might you already at your 35, 40, 45 and it's, really, it's already too late. It's nice to be a millionaire when you are at your 30. That's true. Not when you are 70. No.
0: What do you, you want to do? at like the,
1: Exactly. At 70, you have to just pay your medical bills, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, before we move into I, I want to talk about more about young adults, especially this audience. So mm. let's take a quick break, have a drink or two, and then we will get back to the second segment. Moving to young adults, I mean, mm. uh, since we're transitioning, a lot of us, we feel like we don't have a choice, right? Like just now we talked about uh, because our environment, how we're brought up this way, really what we see. But sometimes if we really don't have a choice. You have to work, and this is the life that you're given. How can you actually break out of it uh, not only mentality-wise, but practically,
1: how can we break it up? Yeah. When I was Elton in my, maybe early, like, I came to that realization in my early 30s. I had the same idea, too. I thought like, you know, I'm stuck. I don't have any option. But actually, that's not really true. You see, most of the things that happen to us, except, like, death, Right. So that is something that you really don't have any control over that. Right. Or, you know, like suddenly a disease comes and then you even even that one, there is a level of control there. The problem of most people is that we are always busy thinking about the things that we cannot control. Mm-hmm. But actually life sometimes life is not easy, but it has a simple principles to be responsible for the things that you can control so that you don't have to apologize or be worried about the things that you cannot control. So I'll give you an example. You see someone, you say like, I don't have any option. Okay, so what's your problem now? My problem is that I hate my job, I hate my boss, but because I have like, you know, a loan to pay or I have like a car that I need to pay and then I'm, I'm stuck there, so I don't have any option. Okay, what does it take you to resign? uh, well, I can resign, but if I resign, I don't have any job. Okay. What does it take you for you to get a new job? Uh, well, I can't do that. Then why you don't do it? Um, okay. I'll, I'll try, you know, right? So you see, you see, most people, they are always expecting other people to change, but let me ask you a question, Zelton. Which one is easier to change? Is it easier to change yourself? Or is it easier to change yourself? others? Obviously yourself, right? So what what does it take you to change yourself? Mm -hmm. So it means that Saying that I don't have any option actually is not really true Most of the times you do have an option you see anyone with a proper set of skill set You can actually get another job in a period of like two to three months. Mm -hmm. So you're staying in that job You're not doing what you're supposed to do. You're not happy with your life. You're delivering a lousy job
0: you choose to be in and you
1: city. choose to be there so it's your decision what why are you complaining about that's why I always tell people the day that you cannot respect and honor these two are very different thing huh? honor and respect are very different thing the day that you cannot honor your organization the people that you're doing the work with and for mm-hmm. you don't value the value of the company and so on is the day that you must exit Don't stay and complain. Don't stay and blame. Don't stay and gossip. Don't stay and backbite. It's time to get out. It's time for you to get out. And I heard people say, no, I want my boss to get out. No, your boss (laughs) is going to be there for the rest of your life. You need to decide if that is not something you wanted, you better exit. Then why are you there? You see, that's the choice that most people doesn't make. I, I didn't know such a choice exists. In my 20s, I didn't know. I was very lucky. I came to that realization after the conversation with a mentor. He said, like, then what do you need to change? What, who you should become, Reza? What, what do you need to change? I said, like, well, I can't be in this job and I achieve that. Then what stops you to move out? I said, no, but I have commitment. He said, then plan for it, right? It doesn't happen by accident. I
0: mean, let's say you want to quit your job. Yeah. You hate your job. Yeah. Give yourself six months, right? That's yeah. right. Give yourself six months, plan how you want to get out of the job. Yeah. And then by six
1: months, get out. Yeah. And so you see, we don't, we don't want to be unfair here to the organization as well. So this is, this is what I always tell people. Before you quit, before you exit, you always have to give a feedback to your boss.
0: Why?
1: You, you have to explain to them that, hey, you know what? I'm earning right now, for example, like 3K, but I want to earn 5K. So what does it take for me to get to 5K? And if your boss really wants you to be there, he will tell you, like, okay, you know what? Maybe you need to get involved in sales. Maybe you need to uh, improve your skills in this area and that area. And then go go and do the job. If you don't want to do that job, then you tell your boss, okay, you know what? um, I'll try my best, yeah? Mm. If you really can't do it, and this is not what you love to do, Mm. then go and look for another job. So build your skills. There are so many options there. People just lazy to go for it because they want things to happen for them. It doesn't happen for you. You got to go and get it done. That's why it goes back to the, the earlier conversation that we have. It's not about what you need or what you want. It's about are you committed to do it or not?
0: Right.
1: And people lack that commitment. So give a feedback. Mm-hmm. Ask your boss, like what needs to happen? What kind of competency I need to build? What kind of habits I need to, what, what are the things that I have to stop doing it in order for me to get that promotion? People say, they don't give me promotion. promotion. Have you ever had that conversation that I want to get a promotion, I am super committed to do it, what it takes for me to get there? And most people can tell you actually what does it take. It's just like people are lazy to do it.
0: Not only lazy, I think sometimes people don't want to face the reality that they're not performing. They want
1: things to happen in an easy way. Or have you heard that cliche things like, you don't need to work so hard, you just need to work so smart, right? It's such a BS, you know. Uh, Frankly speaking, if anyone come and tell me like that, I slap the guy (laughs) because, like, you know, I have never seen, frankly speaking, Elton, I have never seen a successful, real successful person tell you like that. Real successful people, they would say like this, hey, you got to work smart, but you have to work double, double, double hard because hardworking is a necessity. It's like going to the toilet. It's a necessity. You don't say, like, okay, today I don't want to go to the toilet. Tomorrow, I will think about it first. No, you need to go to the toilet because it's a necessity. Hardworking is a necessity. you got to do the work. It's
0: not something you can discount. It's not replaceable, it's non negotiable. It's not,
1: it's not. You have to do the work. Even for people like us, like, why do we need to do this? I mean, seriously, why do you have to do all these things? You can just do your nine to five job and be an uh, average person, but you don't want to do it. You're willing to go extra mile. You're going to learn all this skill set. You were not, like, meant to do, I, I was not meant to do podcasts. You were not meant to do podcasts, right? This is yeah. something that you're doing beyond what you can do. So, it means that you're willing to go extra mile. If you don't want to go extra mile, then this is your problem. Yeah. Don't say, like, you know, but the company doesn't pay me. No, you, have you ever tried to do something extra?
0: Yeah, I mean, throughout my whole, like, uni and up, up to now, it's, if I want to do something, I'm just going to start, like, even though with this team, we said, hey, I, want to, I, I thought about, hey, I want to start a podcast. Hmm. Like, hey, you want to start a podcast? You want to start a podcast? Let's do it. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, even for my VA, it's like, just do it. Uh-huh. And like you said, it's not, a lot of them we say fake it till you make it. Mm. But I like to say, oh my God. you learn till you make it.
1: Yeah. That, that is also another like a cliche thing. Uh, people say, like, you know, you got to fake it till you can make it. Hey, you can't <laughs> stay fake for a long time people eventually know that you're fake. See, <clears throat> the correct way, one, one of the C's that we put in the book is that it's a difference between courage and competency. So courage, it means that you are willing to get out of your comfort zone and do something you have never done before, right? That part, a little bit look like fake it till you can make it because you just like, I don't, I don't like to t- call it as a fake it till you can make it. I would rather call it as a fated till you can make it fate 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 f-a-f-i-a-t-h oh, okay. fate fate means you believe on yourself that you can do it right so i would rather call it like fate it till you can make it, it means that you believe in yourself so you can do it but You can't stay only at the fake zone. You can't stay only at the fake zone. Now, you gotta go out and learn the skill sets to do it. That's where competency comes in. This is what I found, Elton. Your competent level is equal to your confidence level. It means that the more skill and knowledge you learn, the more confident you become. Now, I, I still remember when I did my very first presentation, I went in front of the crowd, there was like about like 30 40 people there there was this guy came in the morning and then he said like all right ladies and gentlemen let me welcome you to Mr. let me welcome mr reza when i went in front of the crowd i swear to god i forgot my name you know <laughs> i opened my mouth nothing came out you know i was shaking my whole body my hand was shivering my knees were shaking i was so scared for 10 seconds i knew nothing to say seriously i forgot everything then how do we get here it i have done Thousands of presentations, thousands of speaking engagement. Yeah. So do you think that happened like that? No. It's a process. So even for the people that they get to that confidence level, that they can in front of any camera, they can go in front of any podcast, and they can talk so well, it's simply because they earn that competency. They build it up. It's a hard work. It's a lot of effort. Nobody can just, like, you know, I I wish it happened like that. I I really wish there was, like, you know, a vaccine. You just take it, and then suddenly (laughs) you become, like, a public speaker or someone. But it doesn't work like that. It just doesn't work. So you can't just, like, fake it till you can make it. No, you have to learn the competency so that you can make it. it, Yes.
0: Okay, um, just a couple of questions before we end. Uh, You guys talk about faith, faith. Fake, and also learning. But uh, viol- a lot of people like hacks, mm. and your book has ninety hacks. I, I don't think we go all of that. You got to read this book for yeah, all ninety. No. <laughs> <laughs> but let's just go through a few, like probably three to five. Uh, let's make a TikTok version. What's the five hacks you take away? Oh, five.
1: Oh, you want five? Okay. So, <laughs> okay. So the first one, I, if uh, we, if I want to put it like the first one is and let's always- make it three. Okay, let me see yeah, three I think is better. Yeah, five is too, too many. <laughs> <laughs> so first one the first one I want to give you to you is about the importance of who you should become. Okay. You see, any goals that you set in your life, the goals itself is not important. But who you should become to achieve that goal, that is very important. What do you mean by that? Let's say, for example, you want to become a millionaire. You see, a million is not important. But who you should become to make one million, that is very important. Because once you learn how to make one, you can make two, you can make four, you can make ten. So now one million is not important. So always remember this. Any goals you set for yourself, it's not about the goal. It's about who you should become, what needs to change in order for me to achieve that goal. That is very important. That is one of the lessons that I learned in my early 20s, and it totally transformed my life totally the second one that i would say it's about the circle that you design around yourself you really have to design that um you see we can't change everybody around us but we can choose who to spend time with Mm -hmm. this is what we call it as law five you know law five is said you are an average of five people you're spending most of your time with them and that is very very important because once you learn how to design a better people around you, not necessarily the people who are always higher than you. Sometimes you gotta be people even lower than you. That's why they say like, if you are the smartest in the group, your group is too small, you know? So sometimes you gotta have like both category, the, the balance there. The people who are lower than you will teach you gratitude. The people who are higher than you, they will teach you how to become a better person design a better people around you right so don't don't spend time with the people who are like no goals no plan always complaining they don't know how to take care of themselves so that's that's like very important one <clears throat> the third one oh this is the hard one which one i do um find a mentor for yourself that is like really really important and mentors is not necessary need to be a person face to face it's best to have a face to face one But if you can't find a mentor face to face, find a mentor even through books, Mm -hmm. through audios, YouTubes, you know, there are so much of...
0: Especially now with the internet.
1: With the internet, all these podcasts, like, you know, the YouTube and, and you can just like listen to one guy and you can download so much of knowledge so much of knowledge right so getting a mentor the earliest you can get it is best for you as well even myself right now that i'm talking to you i got four people that i talk to one in my finances one in business one in relationship and one on health and you would never be the same person Mm -hmm. so yeah i think that's that's the best tree i can think of right now yeah
0: Okay, thank you. So that three. And last question, uh, just to cater for the young adults, we like uh, something practical. So what is one thing we can actually do right now, uh, something we can do to just be more in control of our lives? What's that one thing, if you could just tell someone, eight hey, on the street?
1: I think I don't want to tell people what to do because the whole principle of living an in control life is about you decide what you want to do for your life, right? So I, one of the things that it, I always tell the young people, if you want to do, is that <clears throat> just go to a Starbucks, mm-hmm. don't bring your phone, mm-hmm. just bring a paper, bring a pen with yourself and just sit down and ask yourself if I have to fix one thing in my life if everything remains as the same,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I just need to change one thing. What would be that one thing is? To help you to get in control of your life and career.
0: Compared to the first thing, consciousness.
1: Exactly, right? Because if I tell you do one thing, your problem, my problem, <laughs> another person's problem could be very different. So mm-hmm. you are in control of what kind of life you want to have. So sit down, Just ask yourself, if I want to fix one thing in my life, it could be related to your finances, it could be related to the relationship, it could be like your work, your job, whatever, health, you know, and then zoom on that things. Make this year, we have like another like few months to go, yeah, make this year to fix that one thing. And once you do that, this is what will happen Elton. That become your cornerstone in order to achieve the next target, that's how it works. All we, all we need in life is like one big achievement, one big success. And you can build your life on top of that. Because if you have done that, you can do anything.
0: Right, okay, thank you so much. Most um, welcome. If you want to know more, especially in 90 hacks, you want to know the other 87, check out his <laughs> book. Uh, where can we get it, uh, Shopee and?
1: We are in Shopee, Lazada, uh, MPH, Popular the platform they are yeah anywhere that anywhere is there, yes. all right
0: yes in control taking complete control of your life and career with dr reza, dr reza thank you Abraham. yes all right thank you so much thank
1: you thank you thanks for having me thank you
0: all right